Yes, welcome back everybody to another episode of the Feeding Frenzy. You are of course listening in with the big man to the force. And uh, to my right, as usual, as you've all come to know, is my mate Snake, the Centurion. How are you going there, big Snake? Oh, well, mate. Uh, happy to be back. I love these electronic cup holders. They never get old. <laughs> I hope not. They're bloody expensive. <laughs> um, pretty big game on the weekend, mate. How you, how you how's the body feeling after the, after the big uh, hit out against North Albany? Uh, the body pulled up a little bit sore the day after, but that's fine now. It's just, the I guess, the heart that is a little bit battered and bruised at this stage probably one of the tougher ones going around all in all I would have to say you've had a couple of those bruised and battered uh, weekends but that's alright uh, we'll push right on we'll say g'day to our guest from the Bloods today Roscoe Ross uh, Holland how are you going there mate yeah good mate that's good glad to see we could pull you away from all your adoring YouTube fans and that oh, yeah, lovely car of yours for a few minutes <laughs> uh, thanks for coming on uh, nervous about being here not really man yeah, you're it's such a easy. professional you know, you've got twice the amount of followers as we do yeah, on mate. YouTube. Do this for a living. And finally, <laughs> I'm so happy to finally welcome on the show, Zach Wackett-Pearson, our other centurion. How are you, fella? I'm good, mate. So good, good to finally get you on here, mate. We've been trying to get you on here since your 100th game last year, I think yes. September. 15. Yeah, and then I happened to go away. Yeah, how rude of you. I know, right? <laughs> All right, so good to have some uh, quality guests on the on the couch today. And what a lovely couch it is. Thank you again, Emma Brady, for uh, hooking me up on that one. <laughs> we're going to open today with a bit of a new segment. So um, what we're going to have to do today is uh, Big Snake's going to take us through the weekend's action in what we're going to call, from now on, the Feeding Frenzy Flashback. So Snake, take us away when you're ready, mate. Yeah, so obviously we started this one last week. Um, we've never really been too into going through scores and best players and whatnot, but we're going to take a little bit of a look this week. So we'll start with the Bloods game and we'll ask Ross to probably give us a little bit of insight into that. But uh, final score line between the Sharks and North. Sharks kicked 5-3-33 to North's 13-12-90. Uh, best players... Uh, by a country mile, Luke Moajali Senior. Moa, Moa, sorry, I missed an opportunity there, didn't I? <laughs> uh, was was best on ground for the Bloods. And honourable mentions, uh, Liam Offer, Big Liam McCandless and Dwayne Coyne uh, playing through soreness and had a bit of a ripper of a game from what I saw. Uh, do we want to get some insight from Roscoe? I'll probably jump the gun there. Uh We'll pump out the, the stats and everything we need to know, then we'll yeah, swing back we'll around. Work, we'll work to that later. All right, uh, the league game, as I said, I'm a bit uh, bit heartbroken. It's been a long time since I played in a loss like this where we got kept goalless, but Sharks 0-2-2 to North Albany's rampant 23-18-156. Uh, best players for us. Uh, young Max Baker down in the back pocket, gallant. He did get what, five goals kicked on him by Taj Williams, but uh, full credit to him. It was coming in real clean, and Taj is a real mercurial player. Uh, Jackson Kosh, uh, always willing to play a role, and I've said it time and time again, most coachable guy at the club. Stewie Davies, I think, lost one ruck knock all day. Uh, and Jake Lothian... Uh, started at centre half back and had a real tough task ahead of him. Uh, battled all day at our VC, 
bravely. Yeah, nicely done. Thanks very much. Uh, you want to take us through some of the scores from around the ground as well from the other teams? Yeah, we'll go around the league uh, just briefly. There was the grand final rematch, and I've got here slash fuck them, because uh, who really cares? But Royals were victorious, 10-6-66 over Railways, 9-8-62. Um, moving right along, because who gives a toss? Uh, <coughs> This is this is one that was uh, was a bit closer to our hearts. Um, Mount Barker nine eight sixty two got over the top of Denmark eight ten fifty eight, and in the best players uh, were officially two ex Sharks, Mitch Jackson and Bryce Blasco. Uh, so real happy for them to get on the winning side of things and have a bit of success, um, but also fuck them. Um, and another <laughs> another ex shark, according to the <laughs> Albany <laughs> advertiser, uh, not according to the uh, the Sporting Pulse or whatever name it goes by this this these days. But Marcus Mellon had an absolute cracker of a game. Apparently, kicked a goal himself and um, really presented well at centre half forward and. Uh, yeah, just wish we'd seen that kind of form from him when he played for us. But <laughs> if you're listening, Carcass, uh, yeah, congratulations, mate. Yeah, well done. You know, and uh, uh, you know, we we sort of we, we touched on it uh, in our first episode back in the men's league. We we talked about players that are wasted investments for the lack of any other better term, but that's exactly what they were. Unfortunately, we spent time and in some cases money on some of these players and. They didn't work out in the long run, but uh, we still wish them all the best at their new clubs and all those sorts of things. Obviously, we always take it personally when somebody leaves, but um, look, at the end of the day, like Lothian said and like Fry said, they're just not going to be part of the winning shark side when it is our turn. So, uh, all the best. And, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah I, I agree with what you're saying, but at, uh, the other side of the coin is that's country footy for you as well. Uh, we're not in it for sheep stations and... Uh, I try not to hold a grudge. Uh, Jake Abbott was out there for North Albany on the weekend, <laughs> and at the end of the day, when we're all walking past it, past each other, doing the you know obligatory handshake, um, I was I was pretty I was pretty crushed, and I I could barely look most of the other guys in the eye, and then I saw Jake Abbott coming away, and uh, you know I, I've I've been pretty you know not backward about being forward about. Um, been pretty dark on him for going to going to North Albany this year, but I, I saw him coming my way and I thought he's a golden opportunity and he stuck his hand out for a handshake and I just walked straight past. <laughs> but you know, I'm I'm not going to be salty about it. I you know <laughs> pulled him up after he walked past and gave him a little handshake and and a little you know fuck you. <laughs> um, and you know you just got to get on with it and work with the guys you got and i'm pretty happy with the uh with the crew we got now and you know we'll make lemon lemonade when we got lemons yeah that's right i think uh make hay when the sun is shining probably fits better there i reckon i don't know but that's all right we'll uh we'll argue about uh those sorts of things later now listen we'll focus on our footy because that's what we do best here we're almost as biased as the average west west coast eagles parent on the feeding frenzy here we love the sharks and we love everything to do with them uh and we don't really care very much about the other teams officially but that's all right um roscoe we'll start with you mate so 
that uh, that game that we played on Sunday was pretty grueling. There was some really good moments where everything was looking really good. Um, lots of lots of interesting plays and lots of what Tags has been teaching us from the get go. And then there was also obviously a lot of uh, times when it wasn't going to plan. What was the general feeling of the game once it was all finished to you? Oh, as usual, we, we start slow. It seems to be a major thing with us, but as we work through the game, we seem to be getting better. Like with the last two games, the, our best quarter is the last quarter, so the legs aren't coming out from underneath us. It's just we can't hold it together for four quarters yet, but we're also not having tags there for you know the reasons that he was not going to be there for. Didn't help, but you know having him back is always going to be awesome because then he'll be able to put us back into line and tell us to do stuff when we're... You know, not doing it. Did you find that there was probably, compared to last year especially, um, obviously probably pretty vastly different sides between this year and last year? You've obviously got some staple players like yourself, Dwayne Coyne, uh, Lee McCandless from, from last year, for example. But yep. do, do you think that there's some... Um, is it it's very obvious the difference when Tags isn't around? Um, I think Tags brings a big morale boost like at every quarter time, half time, everything like that. It's not that the whoever stands in can't do his job. It's just, yeah, he brings something that most other coaches don't. He's a master motivator, isn't he? Yeah, he's a good motivator, and, um, yeah, so... Has a way with words, too. Because usually, by the end of the the game, the last few games, we're all encouraging each other to do all those things that he's taught us. It's just, you know, taking us a bit to get out of the blocks, pretty much, I reckon, and just patches where we we lose it. Mm. But we bring it back. And it always makes you wonder, doesn't it? Like, uh, obviously, we had that really good, uh, probably that last five minutes of that first quarter was our best um, of those of those first three yep. quarters, uh, where it all started sort of sliding together, and you just wonder whether or not one or two things going your way there might have had the right boost to go into the second quarter. What was the what did the morale feel like during that first half time, uh, the first quarter break? Um. Well, it was obviously tough to start off with, but it, we felt that last five minutes, and we tried to carry it through for the second, but it didn't come through as much, but yeah, we tried to work back at it, and we got there in the fourth, pretty much, I reckon, we, that whole fourth quarter. We put goals up, we, we tick, tick, boomed, as he says it, and yeah, we did, we tried. But yeah, beating Denmark was great, and hopefully we can move forward with what we did there. Yeah, that sounds pretty pretty good, and I hope, I'm hoping we're going to see Tags back soon. I don't know, do we have any confirmation he's back this weekend? Yeah, he's back this weekend. He was there for team announcements tonight. His boy is happy and healthy, and yeah, we'll... It's good to have him back. Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, obviously a quick, uh, quick shout-out to Tags and Poppet and young baby... Edward. Edward. Yeah. Uh, obviously, very happy to hear that everything's gone their way. Um, so, yeah... Little babies, they're, they're very cute, they're very adorable and very precious. They're also very breakable, so uh, uh, glad to see they're out of out the other side. So very good to hear that. Now, uh, Wack, we'll move over to you, mate, just for a quick look at the league side um, game. What was the feeling going into the game? Where, where was everybody's heads at, as far as you could tell, in the change room? Um, I, f- I felt like we were pretty confident that we were going to put up a good fight. We knew North were a very young side compared to what they've been playing with over the last probably five, ten years, because they've lost, obviously, a lot of senior blokes. But um, So we thought we'd definitely be able to put it to them um, and try and get as much score on the board as possible, but unfortunately that wasn't the case. What was the 
the feeling from that first quarter uh, obviously got jumped pretty early, which is something we've mentioned a few times. League side getting jumped early. What was the feeling behind that when we went into the quarter time break? I think it was a bit of like a wake up call almost. Like we, we sort of thought we were going to put with them, and then all of a sudden they come out and they just move the ball cleanly. They knew how to open up the ground a lot and it exposed us especially up in our forward line because it was their half-backs that were causing all the run and it sort of made us realise that we need to rethink the way that we were playing. And do you feel like you guys have learnt a lot from that game? Is there is there something to take away? Is it, or was there something missing? I think so. I think we take away from it. Um, mostly we need to realise that we can't just expect to win the footy all the time. We Sometimes you need to go defensive whether you don't even if you don't want to um, but yeah other than that just got to get back on the track really and try and bounce back this week yeah, that means, put that put that back in there that being said I think like 20 on the training track the last yeah. two nights for the senior group has been a real good indication that we are there to learn and there to build um, you know, I think we had a good, like a real good handful of Colts guys that backed up after they trained with their own group and and came for a run with us as well. Which is happening frequently this year, which is really good to see. Normally in previous years, if we've had a couple of big losses, the Colts guys are going, nah, well, I want to go back and play Colts. But they're sticking at it this year, which is what we need to build. So. Yeah, that's right. And that's obviously what we're going to be focusing a lot of... Um, over the next couple of years is building because that's the, the, that's the place where we need to be at the moment obviously uh, I do have an interesting stat though and um, it took me about five minutes to sort of come up with it but this is my interesting stat and that is up to and it's only up to but up to 50% of all country football teams that go out to play their game of football go out and lose well done yeah so <laughs> it is what it is every every country Footballer will tell you they go out to win, but at the end of the day, half of them have to lose or draw, but up to 50% of them end up losing. Um, and I've, I've been sort of thinking about this one for, um, you know, the better part of a week. <coughs> it's obviously uh, frustrating when we have these big losses, especially 150-something points, whatever it happens to be. But somebody uh, said something to me today and it was the first time I, I sort of was able to sit back and look at this from a positive perspective and what, what, what somebody said to me today was a lot more people would learn from their mistakes if they accepted that they made them and whether, whether you want to say it's a mistake or you know a lack of judgment or lack of fitness or whatever it is if you can take what you accept you know, if you can accept what you've done and you can take that on board and you can learn from it, we can go forward, we can build, and we can make it make a footy team out of these 22 bunch of blokes who run out and play every weekend. So, I think that's advice to live by, not just play footy by. So, <laughs> you know, we'll focus at one thing at a time. <laughs> it's not a mistake if you learn from it, eh? Well, that's it. That's another one. That's another good one, too. I think it was Will Smith said that one recently, but yeah. Uh, look, I think that's I think it's a good thing though. You know, it's, it's the only way you can look at it at this point in time. Um, we're a young side. We've said that time and time again. Um, thankfully, Jake, you bring up the average a little bit. Yeah, well, I think I, I worked out a rough average age of our back six 
on the weekend was about 19 years old and I'm 30 so I'm pretty much a grey nomad down there at this stage. <laughs> uh, we'll be setting up with a caravan down there mate next time you park it in front of the goals and see how we go. <laughs> Felt no. much the same up in the forward line. Yeah, no look it is what it is guys, you know we're playing with a very young side, we're trying to teach them all to play our game. Um, you know and even you know you look to the AFL at the moment uh, off the top of my head Fremantle and Adelaide both have fresh coaches this year Fremantle and Adelaide are both doing miserably this year you know we we need more time as a side to gel together uh, and get you know get to know each other and understand you know those those split second look up and look at someone and go you know, he's a left footer, he'll want to lead in this particular direction. All those little things that you need to know about your boys, and that's going to come in time. And Snake's just ready to jump on me, so go for it, mate. No, I just think rebuilds are interesting, and I've been through a fair number of them now, and I watch both AFL and NBA, and the focus needs to be on the youth, allowing them to develop, and to some degree throwing them in the deep end, you know, putting them putting them in the mix and just allowing them to make those mistakes and not coming down too hard on them. Um, but you also need that senior representation and I think we're right on that limit of having just enough senior voice. We got a couple of big ins this week of guys that are really experienced footballers that uh, fully bought into the idea of developing these young guys and, and it being a long-term goal. Um, we've been, you know, last year was sort of, we were looking like we were going to be really competing and and unfortunately we're rebuilding again this year due to what we've talking about talked about a couple of episodes ago when we talked about the mass exodus. Um, but the youth this year, they're, they're really exciting. They've got plenty of ability, but as I said, with guys like Jackson Kosh, just very coachable uh, rather than going out there thinking they know best and just playing their own games. They listen, they learn. They're just absolute sponges of information. And so hopefully these, these guys like your Cam Joneses can really impart a bit of knowledge. And even, when, you know, we're talking about the, the age gap of different players uh, and experience levels and things like that. But I think another one too was a big out in Red Rogers this week. Um, I just know from where we play, Roscoe, we played obviously most of last year with him on our side, also yep. the year before. Uh, when he is on and when he's, his head is straight and he's ready to go, he is a lethal player. Uh, and I, I think he's just such a such a big out, you know. It's, it's so so easy to forget because we've had all these different changes. Roscoe, you've played a lot of footy with him. What, what do you think the, the difference he might, might have been able to make to that da- that game for the league side? Well, back when he was in Rezzy, he could be a difference maker in just a whole game in general, especially if he's got his head like you said, his head's on. He can he can be on the outside of the ball, he can be on the inside of the ball, his kick's usually on, he's got good hands, he can do, pretty much do whatever he wants, if he wants to. Mm. So it's just, yeah, unfortunate. That's always been the thing with him, if he wants to. <laughs> <laughs> but this year he does. He does. Like he's, flipped, he's finally flipped that switch and, and I'm, I'm glad. But I feel um, like we need to get I'm the gaffer little... tape and take the switch to on. <laughs> I'm a little bit dark on Pat McSweeney being a long-standing <laughs> North Albany supporter and being, uh, being Red's boss. 
making him go get that COVID test and having to sit out the game. Um, um, you know, thinking there's a bit of tampering going on there, but, uh, <laughs> but unfortunately, sports bet isn't really taking bets on our games at this stage. So, I still think we can uh, launch a royal commission shortly. <laughs> get him looked at, but no, look. Yeah, to be fair though, would you rather him have done the test, sit out, miss a week, or would you rather be living in Victoria right now? Yeah, I don't think I, I don't think I could answer I'd rather be living in Victoria to anything at this stage except for like America maybe yeah okay yeah that's bad that's, yeah, that's, that's like that's worse, worse. <laughs> okay. so, so, well done Ross I'll give you that one that was, that was really well done um, alright so basically as far as we can tell we got jumped early these things happen um, and it's things we're going to be building on how do we manage that wacker going into our game against Royals who let's face it top of the table they are serious competitors um, you know how, how do you face a challenge like that after copping you know such a disappointing game on the weekend um, I think we just need to go back to basics go back to winning the footy getting on the inside getting the ball out and just trying to get it forward as as much as possible as Jamie's been preaching all year he wants quick ball movement so if we can get it get the ball on the inside get it out get it forward quickly we can give the forwards an opportunity to hit the scoreboard we we can't sit on the back foot and just hope the game's going to come to us we've got to attack it be physical every time that we've put it to royals in the past is when we've been a physical team and we've we've attacked it all all areas so I think that's where it starts. We need to be physical in the midfield and around the ball, and and it's, I think that's where it starts. We need to go from there, try and get the ball moving quickly. And, and this is this is a bit of a, a bit of an open question. I'm going to throw it out to both uh, Wacker and Snake. Is there something or someone that you guys think that you're missing from your league side at the moment? Is there? a particular attribute or a skill or a particular player, type of player that you guys need that you think you're missing at this stage? I'll throw it over to you first, Slate. You look like you got your thinking cap on over there. Um, yes and no. I mean, running such a youthful side, uh, we're missing experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, but getting big Cam Jones in, getting Red back in. We've got some players coming from Boxwood this week. I think there's plenty of experience coming back into our side. I think confidence has been the big buzzword for us this week. And so I can't really narrow it down to saying, yeah, we're missing an inside mid because that, that's, just the way, that's just the way it went on the weekend. We were expecting 16, 17-year-olds to go play an inside mid role. Um when North have a really great inside-outside game and and full credit to them, they, they played that to a tee and they always had numbers waiting on the outside of the contest and we didn't win a lot of contested ball all day. Um, but confidence is just something we've gone back to and that, you know, seven-goal seven goal first quarter from North, I if, think so, if I'm not yeah. mistaken, just really cut our confidence get down uh, personally, I got a bit toey with the umpires and straight after North Albany kicked a goal and I feel I was stitched up on a free kick there. I uh, didn't get it and paid the price for it. Uh, I got a bit lippy and North 
got subsequently got a free kick in the middle of the ground and I think they got it into their forward line and kicked a goal pretty well immediately after that. Um, I've since apologised to the boys. Uh, my confidence was shot. I was frustrated and that can become infectious with the group. I think the week that we've had on the training track this week has been really positive in bouncing back from that and we have to go in against Royals fully confident that we do have the cattle to go toe-to-toe with them and really give them a run for their money. Yeah, they're top of the table. That's irrelevant. We can only do what, what, with the, what, what we're capable of with the 22 that we've got on the track. And I think the 22 that we're going to have out there is fully capable of winning contests and just plugging away quarter by quarter, focusing on the positives. So I'm going to answer, long story short, no. I don't think we're missing anything in particular. Yes, yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I think that's a, I think that's a good answer. It's, a, it's, it's the, it's the full answer from you, and I think that's, um, I think that's a, it's a fair answer. I'm just going to give you the same, um, question whacker, and feel free to take it as long or as short as you like. What do you think? Is there a particular skill or a particular? person or type of person or is there something missing from the league squad and like Jake said I reckon bringing in someone like Cam Jones is going to be a big difference having a big body in the midfield because in previous years we've always had someone like that in the midfield whether like been Banksy for many years and obviously had Cohen thrown through there last year and we had a few other big bodies going through there interesting to see what he can bring to the team in getting the ball on the inside and getting it out, which we've sort of struggled with over the first couple of weeks. But um, other than that, I don't think so. We just need to sort of build internally and um, see how we go from there. Like we've said in the past, um, the youth try and get as much exposure to league football in the youth as possible because if we want to build for the future, they're the ones that are going to be involved in it. So... Um, but other than that, I think Cam will be a big, big, big difference and improve on what we've sort of haven't had in the first couple of weeks. Excellent. I think it's a, I think it's a, it's a good answer, and I think that's sort of something similar to what uh, Ross was thinking because Ross is. You were nodding and you were, you were swaying, and you've obviously got a bit of a thought of yourself. What do you think? Well, you know, I played in the league side for a couple of seasons, and you know, got to watch from the outside as well. And yeah, but it depends if you, for me, if they wanted to compete it right now, like I feel like every single year we're one or two key position players short, just a couple. Like there's been years where we've been so close, I think, to like we'd be at the point where they're competing, you know, only a few goals behind in games and stuff like that. And I just feel like those, whether it be a midfielder or just another forward or just a few key position players, I feel like the difference between the side as it is now from being a losing side to a winning side. But as you said, like the boys said, if you you want to grow your youth, you're probably going to get more longevity in that winning, like going forward. So I can see what, why, they, why they're they looking at it like that. So, you know, sitting from obviously the outside, you've obviously played a bit of league, so you've, mm. got, you've got the insight, but you also watch the, 
watch the game and you always you good mates with a lot of the league players yourself. You've yeah. been around the club for came in that very, game. Yeah, right, so a very big number of years. Yeah. Um you you're over a fifty game player as well, aren't you? Yeah, I've played about almost up to eighty for the club in total, yeah. Mm. So you, you you've been here for a very, very long time yourself. Yeah. Um what do you think? What do you think that the, the the decision is? Do you think we're going with the right plan in going with longevity, or do you think we need to lower our eyes a little bit? Well, you can only go with what you're given, and every year it seems that sharks get thrown some kind of curveball that they have to deal with, and yeah, so the youth is the way forward because if you, yeah you can get some key players in, but if they don't stay, then you're just essentially ruining the thing you're setting up. So you may as well concentrate on the guys coming through and just try and keep them here. And yeah, you know, pick up a few guys along the way when you need it. But you got to, yeah, the youth coming through has got to be it's got to be the sharks going forward. Yeah, absolutely. And then obviously our biggest focus from there is keeping them. Yeah, and if you can get some of those guys good enough, it'll attract the you know some of those key players that you may get in the future. Excellent. I think that's pretty well said actually from from everybody. Uh, you know, thanks thanks Snake for taking us through the the uh, the. the I guess we call it the scenic route, wouldn't we? The scenic route of... Uh, yeah, absolutely. I went a little <laughs> bit off track, but I don't mind a bit of a forby, so I yeah, went for a bit of a bush bash there, but uh, managed to get back to my final destination. Yeah, you, you found the campsite, yeah. mate. We're, we're on the reservation. <laughs> All right, so uh, we'll listen. We'll, have, we'll swap over for a little while. We'll have a bit of fun. Uh, seems to be a bit of a trait at the moment where we sit and have a bit of a sad chat about the game but we'll, we'll obviously look to change that in the near future so we'll move over to the shirt front or the shepherd so this is how it works Wacker you're a good man you listen to the podcast so you know everything about it so this is just for Roscoe's sake excellent basically how it's going to work is this we present a scenario to Snake uh, I'm going to pass it over to you guys as well you get to decide whether or not this action deserves a shirt front if they've done wrong or a shepherd if if you think it's unfair, if you think the decision is unfair, all right. So ready to get stuck into it, Snake? Absolutely. All right. So this is a good one for me, and I uh, I'm really happy that I picked this one out because I think this one needs some justification. So we'll see how we go. I was um, doing my rounds, saying goodbye to everybody during the um, the, the Sunday. So we're, game's just about over. I had to shoot off home. I've said goodbye to everybody. done my usual half hour world tour saying goodbye to absolutely everybody. <laughs> you know how it goes. And on the way out, a young Ricky Inneran came and said g'day to me before he jumped into his Great Wall. Right? Now, anybody who's seen the Great Wall understands it's a Great Wall. It is what it is, but he's very happy with it. But then I noticed his number plates. Mm-hmm. His North Albany Football Club number plates. Now this guy is sharks through and through since since he's but you know we 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 love him we hold on to him we he's captain for us he's coached for us and he's still driving around with North Albany number plates. So so Wacker, I'm gonna start with you, mate. Does he get a shirt front or a shepherd from you? Uh, I'm gonna go with the shirt front for that one. He's he hasn't been at North for a while. He's even, before he came to the Sharks, he was at Royal, so he's been at two clubs since then, so that's a definite shirt front from me. I think that's pretty fair. I like that shirt front. Uh, what do you think, Roscoe? Oh, can't dog a legend. It's a shepherd, mate. Oh, it's a shepherd? Yeah, yeah mate. Oh, decider. Brother Ricky. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to side with Uncle Roscoe there. Uh, 
Ricky's been around the Jez Fell a lot longer than the Sharks have been, and he has played many games at multiple clubs and ultimately decided to bring his experience down to the Sharks to see how he could help us take those next steps into the future. So I'm going to throw a big shepherd, Ricky Inman's way. Yeah, he can um, have whatever number plate he wants, mate. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think that's more than fair. I like that answer. All right, now, Snake, I, I think I have it on good information that you've got a sneaky little shirt front for us as well. Well, it's actually come up during the episode that now I have two. Uh, so the first one uh, is actually going to Roscoe for having... Come on the uh, come on the podcast with having never had a listen. He's had about a week and a half's notice. I've had one listen. You've had one listen. Yes. To which episode? One last year. Which one? Before when you were asking me to come on before, I was like, oh, I actually might listen to some of it. Oh, okay. All right. But then you didn't invite me, so I don't know what happened there. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, so there might need to be a shirt front force his way, uh, but. But for the time being, uh, we gave you plenty of notice. I was all over this and I made sure that you knew that you were going to be coming on this week and uh, you, you haven't given us a listen to just get your head around how it's all going to be and we've had to give we've had to put the training wheels on you tonight. So, Roscoe, I'm going to have to give you just the lightest of shirt fronts tonight. Oh, I'll have a good shirt front, mate. I like. I think he fires. I think he lives off them. Actually, <laughs> you have to. But being in back six, you know yourself, Snakey. You know you, you live off those things, don't you? I love the rice. Eat it for breakfast. <laughs> yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. Uh, and and my second shirt front is actually coming at you, Forcey. Yeah. Uh, because before we started recording tonight, you you did the rounds and you said, boys, just want to make sure all your phones are on silent or do not disturb or what have you. And uh, I leaned back a moment ago and took a photo of what we're doing and sent it to the Sharks group chat and we heard, bing! And, you know, I sort of made a motion to you that your phone might need checking. Mm -hmm. And then just a moment ago we heard, bing! (laughs) And it definitely wasn't mine because mine's not hooked up to the mixer. That's interesting you say that, but both of mine are on airplane mode and do not disturb mode, so... uh you'd bark up the wrong tree well I'm not sure how it came through the headphones so I'm going to throw a shirt front out and I'm going to leave it up the boys up to the boys to shepherd whether they like it or not can you do a shirt front then a shepherd is that a thing oh you could try it yeah <laughs> <laughs> I think it's pretty weak sauce mate I think it's I think it's weak sauce it's just it's not going to fly I'm just working on the fly here yeah that's fair enough that's how we do it mate see them in pants that's how we like it just a good hip and shoulder or something yeah why not bit yeah. of love just go, yeah. go, go, go <laughs> a nice shirt front just to test it out just yeah, a little sat down all the way through yeah just, just see how the AC holds well, so, up <laughs> some, someone's buzzing so someone yeah, deserves look, a shirt front so, someone deserves it we've got to find out my, and my phone's off so it's not me no you're actually yeah you, you're probably the safest out of all of us I actually have the sh- uh, Sharks group chat on mute at all times um, <laughs> that deserves a shirt front right there no I don't blame yeah, actually, I'll shepherd there. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it frustrates me to no end. I would like. Can I tell you why I've got it on silent at all times? That is because of Jordan Tyndale, Jilly, and his. What, how do I? How do we Promiscuous. This yeah, promiscuously graphic videos that yeah. get gratuitous. <laughs> So I can't handle him. 
Okay, not handle those messages. They just and then you just get the ping, ping, ping. He only so. pops up from time to time, yeah. but when he does, it's like it's enough to just put your phone away and not look at it. He's got no filter. He's got no idea. Oh yeah, it's like this right. is a sharks group chat. There's like young kids on here. Yeah, it's filth. <laughs> just about enough to make you go and build an Amish cabin out of the woods. <laughs> love you, Jill. Yeah, love you, Jill. At times. Tolerate her. Yeah, that's it's probably more accurate. Okay, now I've got a pretty interesting mix on the couch today. So it's like once again, you're bringing up you're bringing up the goods once again as far as guests are concerned because we have, for I think it's the first time ever, we've got two defenders and two attacking players on the couch today. So well done. So who's, who's the second attacking player? I haven't oh, seen you play in a while. It's obviously me. Come on, at times, right? Previous. All right. <laughs> Uh, so I want to start off with Wacker. I just want to sort of ask you about, and you, you're probably the guy to go to as far as I know. Um, you have, I think on a number of occasions, been the Sharks' leading goal kicker. I know you've at least been the, the one time, is that correct? Oh, it was a couple of years ago, yeah. Couple years, yeah, that's all right. But you, you, you've held the, held the title. Um, obviously our, generally speaking, full forward. Yeah, full forward, centre-half. Yep. A few, few different roles over the years, but last couple of years that have been my Definitely be the roles, yeah. Yeah, you, you, you're sort of focusing role. When we play games like the one on the weekend, where you know, you're very quiet because there's just no delivery into the forward line, what do you do as a forward when those situations come at you? When you're just having one of those days where the, the ball's just not interested in being in your half and you're the forward, what do you, what do, you do? Um... I mean, obviously, sometimes you've got to try and have faith that your, your team's eventually going to get it down there, but sometimes you just got to try and get up the field and try and get involved in the game, even if you can just get a couple of touches just to um, and try and help get it forward yourself. But it's pretty hard if you're playing as a deep forward and all of a sudden, if you go up, say, halfway up the ground and look behind and there's no one there, if we do get it out, all of a sudden, there's nothing there's to kick to. Kick so. to that's right. And then the other question is, of course, or sort of um, the, the other point that I want to bring forward is also the fact that because you're under that immense pressure, much like we were on the weekend where we haven't kicked goal, uh, and I think, I know, I know off the top of my head, Tate kicked one of the points, with the, I don't know where the other one actually came from. I don't think it was a miss, missed opportunity, I think it was just a rush behind or... Probably, yeah, I can't remember. Can't actually remember. It was early. It was early, oh yeah, it was early in the game. I do, I do know that much. Uh, but I think the thing is, how do you deal with the pressure of knowing that you get limited opportunities being a forward at times, and basically sometimes you sort of get that feeling that if you don't kick the goal, the one time it comes to you, you you might not always necessarily get a chance at it. How do you deal with that sort of pressure? Good question. Um... Does it get to you? Does, does does that sort of pressure get to you? Do you, do you feel that sort of? Um, do do you feel like everybody's watching you to to pull some magic out of that one moment? Not really. I just sort of just go out there and just just play and make the most of every opportunity you get. Um, try not to think of anything as any one opportunity different than the other. I know myself if I'm going back to say have a set shot at goal, for example. I try and treat every single one as the same situation. You know, go through your same routine so that you don't get in your own head or anything like that because that's generally when 
I've found you can start missing if you're thinking too much about it instead of just doing what you normally do. And can you think too little about it too sometimes? Like, for example, um, being right on, right in on goals, more or less directly in front, can, can you underthink it? And Oh, definitely. Yeah. You see it happen all the time in... In any league, you see people miss easily missable goal, um, easy kickable goal. Sorry, um, just by going in and trying to chip it through or stab it through, and off she goes to the, just to the side and sprays yeah. and hits a post or misses completely. So. so when you go back to kick a goal from say let's say seven meters out on the slightest of angles, is your plan just to basically kick the pants off it? I don't kick the pants off it, but I don't try and kick it 15 metres or still try and kick it at least 30 you know, mm. try and still still you still want to kick the goal yeah you don't want to try and yeah tap it through you know you don't care about making it easy for the goal umpire do you you kick it where it needs to go boundary umpires are young they'll run and get it <laughs> that's the spirit uh, and I guess the other question is what do you do personally when it comes to a set shot uh, as far as you know you look at the goal post you've got nothing to look at do you have do you, do you pick a point in the horizon or do you have what, what's, your, what's your plan leading into a set shot I generally try and pick something out like you said I pick something out whether there be a post or a tree or something directly behind the goals I generally pick that out and line that up and I'll just go through my routine which I which I have each week um, or each kit essentially which is just the same which I've had for probably 5-10 years is there any real trade secret to your routine or can you tell us a bit about it not really, it's just same amount of walking steps and same amount of running steps every time. That's sort of about it. Is yeah. there a magic number? I don't know, if I should give it up. Okay, alright. <laughs> nah, right. nah, there's, there's... You have to have some trade secrets. There's six of each. Six of each? That sounds good. Alright, well thanks for telling us a bit about that. Um, now I'm going to throw it to the defended boys. So, uh, Ross, I think, when do we sort of see you mostly around the half back sort of range yeah, back pocket. half back back pocket mainly yeah yeah so what do you guys do i'll start with you ross and then I'll, then we'll go on the scenic route with snake <laughs> <laughs> what do you how do you control yourself when you've got one of those games where the goals just flying over your head or you know next to your head or whatever it be you know the, the just continuous one-way traffic going against you where how do you how do you manage that Oh, I don't. I don't want to an, uh, answer this honestly, but I'm just playing all used to it. Like, I've always played for like when I grew up. I always played for the losing team, so I was a, always used to just losing and getting on with the job and trying to make it better. Like, um, yeah, as far as the ones where like you know back in the day where we'd lose by like two hundred points. Um, yeah, they're just pretty much devastating. But there's not really much you can do about that. Um, yeah, you just try and do, you just concentrate on the job you're doing and then make sure that those goals aren't your fault, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> That's what so I do. So then I'll kick by your man or something? Or yeah, something. yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, Slate, I'll give you the same question. Keep in mind there's more questions to come. <laughs> <laughs> Love a bit of a stir. Go on. What do you do in these games? I'm torn between two things here just because of the role that I've played at the Sharks, but number one is a focus on my opponent like you said just ensure that they're not the one doing the damage not always possible you know I've played on guys like Jason Ford who have kicked four goals on me in a quarter um, but 
yeah, as, as, like playing deep in the back line is it's a tough job, and I wouldn't wish it upon anybody. But at the same time, somebody's got to do it. Uh, number two, being one of the older guys out there for our league side and having been around the tracks for a while, I just try and make sure that I get in the ears of the younger blokes and just keep it positive and keep encouraging and, you know, not dwell on the negatives, but just let them know how they could affect their own contests or, you know, their own opponent better next time. Um, but just keep it positive and keep sort of focusing on improving. Yeah, I think that's, uh, I think that's pretty much, you know, I think that's, uh, it's a hard thing for you to have to do, obviously, State, we talk about your leadership in the game, especially, as you said, it's, it's, a, it's a role that you don't want to give away because not everybody likes it. We actually had mixed results with the women's footy. A lot of the women's uh, sharks love the defensive line. They, they just love it because of the way the game's played and what it means for them to play it. But it is a... It is a very difficult role to play. Um, so you talked about uh, trying to make sure your players not doing the damage, and if they are, you know, they are, and it's just the way it is. Is there anything, Ross, that you do when you've got somebody who's doing some serious damage on you? Well, obviously, you look at the matchups and see if someone else who's better can go on them. But, um, yeah. uh, like, I've had to help people before where their matches aren't good and you can come across, yeah. you know, you just talk to each other basically. Team defence sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, you know, come over and double team someone when these two if someone's like not as damaging in like the pocket or something. But yeah, you just do what you gotta do. You know, hopefully tags can come up with something to deal with it as well, but you hope yeah. for that as well. But yeah, um just try hard. Just, so just, try hard, trust the process and Yeah, trust pretty much. Hard. Yeah. Can, can you put a can you put any other better stamp on it than that, Snake? Um yeah, look, honestly, it gets a bit tough when you're 20, 25 goals deep to to keep preaching that positive mentality and just say, don't worry about that one, on to the next one, because you do want to worry about that one. You want to learn from that one. Um, but that's uh, that's just the situation we're in. you just got to keep working with the stock you got. And these young guys, like, they're... Um, they're they're full of beans at the start of the day and you know as I said earlier like confidence has been a real buzzword with us and as soon as that confidence drops then then it becomes real difficult to to bring guys back out of that <coughs> out of that mentality yeah and would you say with the young players they're you say they're full of beans at the start of the game which is you know that's just the, the glory of youth but do you think they're probably the reason they might wear it on their sleeve a bit more is because they're so impressionable. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 look, our our junior ranks, like our seventeens and our and our Colts, have always been successful to some degree. I think they played finals in the Colts the last at least five years in a row. Um, and to come from being one of the more successful sides to stepping up into the senior ranks and, and being in rebuild mode and um, having to be on the receiving end of some pretty pretty tough floggings. Like, I've, I've seen grown men that have walked away from this club without a second thought, you know? And um, I got an immense amount of respect for these kids and how they've rebounded from that and how they've responded and how they've taken to training this week and and last week as well because last week's loss was pretty you know pretty tough pill to swallow yeah 
Um, but I've been really impressed with the, with the way that they've responded, um, just coming out prepared to prepared to learn and, and as as you said, just like trusting the process and getting on with the job at hand. Because uh, Jamie's you know been honest and and upfront with the whole group and said that it's not going to happen overnight. And we all know that, but it's about retaining these kids and and developing them and you know, receiving some return on that investment in the years to come. Mm. And just for a bit of fun, Wacker, uh, is there anything that you do in particular if you just happen to be running rampant on the day? Is there anything that you do as a forward to let the guys know that you've you've got their number, you've got them sussed out? Not really. I'm more of a silent assassin. <laughs> just let my footy do the talking. Yeah, I think that's pretty pretty fair. I think I don't think anybody would say anything different. Do you ever have times where you feel like you do want to fire up a little bit or get a bit of a cheeky sledge in? Oh, yeah, but I don't know. That's not really me in football. I don't really do that. I just keep going at my footy and just keep kicking goals on. Yeah, I think confidence can quite easily be mistaken for arrogance. Yeah. And I did see a little bit of that on the weekend and I wasn't impressed. Do you, do you want to name names on that one? or? Uh, yeah, I, I could call out a few names, yeah. but uh, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll leave the, uh, the shots fired at this stage. All right, all right. We've, we've, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, now, look, I've got one more question for the defenders and I'll start with you again, Roscoe, obviously. Um, just watching the game, watching both games... Uh, one of the things that I always look at, and it just goes hand in hand with what Snake said about defending, defending being sort of a nightmare position to be in, what do you do in those cases where the team isn't defending as a team, and you've got a loose man inside, you're sitting back, you're in the back pocket or something like that, or you're in front of goals, and you've got that nightmare situation of a bloke blazing in from 45 out or so, you're on your man, you've got him covered, do you stay on your bloke or do you go and force the issue and try and make the bloke either have to have an earlier shot on goal than he intended or, you know, put put pressure on him and make the pass? I I saw it a lot of times and I, I didn't get the same result out of two players and it's been something I wanted to think about. So what, what, what do you do in that nightmare situation? Well, for me, like, generally you'd have to read it literally by case-by-case case scenario. If I'm on someone who's crap behind me, I'm going to run straight out the dude every time. But... If I reckon the guy running in's maybe going to shank the kick or I don't trust it, you know, I'm not... But if someone's running at you with the ball, well, you can't just let them run in and kick a goal. you got like you got to run at them, even if, you know... Because obviously that's someone's man that when your teammates hasn't got, you got to come off yours and go to the next one. That's sort of how it works. If they go over the top, then I'd spin around and try and tackle them before they get a goal. You know, like that's all yeah, you need to do. It's, it's a quick decision process, but you just got to go to the most dangerous option. Yeah, really. yeah. It's pretty much, yeah, like you said. Yeah, nice. Uh, I thought that'd be an interesting one, and it, you know, I think you're going to be nail on the head there that it is a case by case basis. But it was something that I watched a lot on the weekend, and I haven't played a lot of defence, and I was just watching it happen, and I thought, oh, I just hate thinking about being in that situation. So, you, you fellas are uh, braver than most. But, but yeah, you know, there's times you come off, you come off your man, and you get the intercept mark, and yeah, it changes the whole the whole thing up so yeah it's being a defender sometimes you just either you take the risk and hope, hope you can work your way back to your man if you mess up but yeah it's part of the game I guess I find your mentality interesting actually Force because even as a forward you should be playing defence 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, now, hang on. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's a slightly different situation because I'm not defending that sticks behind me, so it's, you know. But you're right, I should be. That's right. Yeah. Okay, so um, listen, I think we'll move on again. So, Snape, it's time for your uh, new, still new segment, new-ish, I think. Yeah. New-ish segment, yeah. If we're like uh, the Hot FM radio station, you know, we can call it new segment for the rest of the year, I think, because they, they say they've got the like, greatest new music and they play the same six songs since <laughs> January, but that's all right. So we're going to move on to the new segment. Do you want to introduce it? Yeah, well, uh, for those who listened in last week, this is... We're going to go with Contested Ball, so it's a series of three multiple-choice questions. Uh, players being, this week, Roscoe and Wacker will be asked to buzz in with their nicknames. Um, the three multiple-choice answers, all answers are according to Snake. Um, so they are subjective, and I would suggest that you think like the snake when thinking of your answer. Uh, if we have a tie break at the end, um, that will not be multiple choice. That will be a pretty straightforward question and closest to the correct answer will win. Again, it will be a buzz in sort of opportunity and if it's bang on with the first one, we'll go with, with that as the winner. And we'll be looking forward to having a final series later down the track as the year goes on. Uh, so, any questions, lads, before we get into this? No, no. We should probably test the buzzers before we go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. So, so Roscoe, just drop test. the ball there. Roscoe. Oh, I like it. Juicy. Casual. <laughs> Whacker. Yeah, the, the buzzers right. are working, ready to go. Nice and easy. Okay, so, question one. The Adelaide Football Club, and this may be a bit contentious because our, our host and night in shining leather um, is a big Adelaide football club fan I'm a bit concerned when you say night in shining leather it makes it sound like I'm sitting in the corner here in a, in a gimp suit or something. yeah I, I <laughs> just took a look at the couch and it was the first thing that came to mind I could, you could have said denim I'm wearing jeans <laughs> night in shining denim, denim. yeah okay that's yeah, alright right. Right, let's, uh, let's move on stop taking the scenic route alright the Adelaide football club hey will take decades to recover from the training camp debacle. B, are tanking for a top draft pick. C, need a full overhaul slash rebuild, including the front office. Roscoe. Or D. C. Wacker, would you like to hear the last answer? I'd love to hear the last answer. Or D. All of the above. <laughs> I'm going to go with D. Correct. <laughs> yeah, I'll give that one. That's fair. Oh, Roscoe. Well, well done, I, though. I like I, the initiative. I did tell you before the podcast even started to listen to all answers. No, no, I like his initiative. That, see, that was that was a prime example of, do you go your defender? That, yeah, yeah that was a defender's <laughs> mentality. Yeah, right, yeah, right there, mate. I'm going to take the most dangerous option. Good man. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, D was correct. Oh, sharks. All right. Question two. Greatest AFL slash VFL dynasty of all time. Remember, according to Snake. A. Hawthorne in the mid-2000s, 3 2013 to 2015. B. Brisbane, early 2000s, 3 2001 to 2003. C. Melbourne, mid to late 1950s, 
five flags in six years, including a three-peat, 55 to 57. Or D, Hawthorne, 1980s, five flags in eight years, eight grand final appearances in nine. Wacker. Alright, Wacker, your buzzer I'm, works. I'm going to go with D. Incorrect. Roscoe, I'll throw it open to you. The one in the 50s, is that C? That was C, but that is also incorrect. Yeah, all right. Well, it was, a, was according to Stake and Hawthorne mid-2000s. I'm a big Clarko fan. Yeah. How can you not? To be fair, that's probably right. Yeah, that's a fair <laughs> All right, so Wack is still in the lead. Still in the lead, one nothing. Uh, Roscoe, this is your chance to tie it up. Best mullet in AFL, VFL history. A, Gary Ayres. B, Warwick Kappa. C, Wayne Carey for a short period. Or D, Bailey Smith. Roscoe. C. C. Yep. Incorrect. Yeah. Wayne, Ca- Wayne Carey's mullet was absolutely horrible. Wouldn't that make it even better if it was horrible? <laughs> Some sometimes <laughs> I, like your, I like your thinking, but Duck's mullet was just Ooh. unnecessary. So not dirty mullet, like a nice mullet you're looking for. Yeah, his was like not <laughs> his was like nineteen eighties clean, like permed. Oh yeah, that's oh. right. I do remember. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Bailey Smith. Unfortunately, Bailey Smith got an honourable mention, but Gary Ayres. I reckon you missed Dipper on that one. Yeah, oh, look, that that was a multiple choice that could have had, you know, eight, twelve potential answers. There's been a lot of great mullets, um, but Gary Ayres was one of the most luscious in in my memory. Mm-hmm. Um, so Wacker, this week's winner. One nothing. Yep. Currently sitting um, on the, get the same I'll, I'll score as uh, Lockie McLeish. So yeah. you're into the finals at this stage. Well done. How do you feel about that? Wins a win, mate. I'll take it. <laughs> Absolutely. Anyway, that's, that's you can get it. <laughs> mate, if you didn't beat me in a AFL trivia, I was tempted to throw it open to NBA this week, just knowing the two that I had on the couch, but uh, I. I thought we'd keep it. I would have allowed that. No, that's, oh, I missed that's, out. Yeah, that, that might have been an <laughs> equal playing field. I'll remember that for future reference. Yeah, that's right. We'll have to get a couple. When we get uh, Liam McCandless back on the maybe get every cricket one just for fun. Throw it all open. Cricket's boring, though. Oh, don't stop. Who even knows anything about cricket? All right, that's it. We're moving on to that subject. <laughs> 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 my, my feelings are hurt enough. It's bad enough yet to throw an Adelaide Crows uh, reference in there, mate. So, you uh, the dirty books again, but that's okay. All right, so um, I think it's time for the fast five. Unless, Snake, is there anything else on your magic piece of paper that we need to get through? Are you happy with all that? No, I'm happy. We've we've covered the notes. They were short and sweet this evening, as requested. So. That's it. That done really well on that. Um, so, thanks for uh, opening up that new segment for us. Really well done. Um, so we'll get stuck into the fast five. Before we do that, I uh, just want to firstly say to Wacker, thank you very much for coming on. No worries. Uh, it was great to finally get you on here. Uh, it means a lot to us. You know, you and you and Snake, obviously two very special players for the Sharks and obviously Roscoe yourself as well with over 80 games. Uh, you guys have lost more games than you've won, but 
you, you wouldn't let you wouldn't let your spirits and everything know that, would you? So um, you, you're real champions, and it means a lot to finally have you on the show, mate. No worries. Thanks for having me. Would you come back? Yeah, I'll yeah. come back. <laughs> and for anybody listening who hasn't been on a podcast before, what do you, how do you rate it? Was it scary? Is it fun? Nah, it's good fun. Good stuff. All right. Uh, and have you got anybody that you want to hear on the podcast next? <sighs> Throwing it at me. Um, yeah, it puts the pressure on you. Kieran Zill. That's a good call, actually. Squidgy. We've had the squidgy before. Yeah, he's, he's, he's had his opportunity. You can go back and listen to that episode. Oh, I'll have to do that. Yeah. Get him on for an episode with Ruben Chung. Oh, that would be the best. Can we can we <laughs> can we edit some crickets in later? <laughs> I won't make any promises, but I think I might be able to. <laughs> I would actually listen to that. Yeah. All right, uh, Roscoe, over to you, mate. Uh, once it, you you're in the same boat, it's really good to finally have you on the show. Uh, how did you rate it so far? How is it? How is it versus the YouTube? Is it YouTube's probably? Yeah, well, on YouTube I have to deal with people, so that's pretty good. Okay. So I don't know how you want to say that, but no, uh, it's been pretty good, man. I can't complain. Look, like, but you're pretty you're, chill. You're in no danger of showing your face here, though. Yeah, well, neither am I there. <laughs> <laughs> No, listen, thanks for coming on, mate. It's been, been good to have you no, on. You're it's very been, welcome. Been good to play footy with you, too. So, um, yeah, me too. Yeah, so hopefully uh, we'll have some more success going through and welcome back Big Tags. So we'll start open with the Fast Five. Wacker, you know how it works. So I'm going to explain to you, Roscoe, how it works. Very simple. I've got five questions up my sleeve. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all I want you to do is answer them off the top of your head. I'm going to throw it over to Wacker first. He's going to go. And then once he's answered, I'll throw it over to you. Those are my favourite kind of questions. Oh, so these ones, there's no winners, no multiple choice, just go for it however you like. Now I'm going to start off with a with an interesting one for you, Whack. It's a two-part question. And my, my two-part question is, what was the first album you ever bought? And what is your favourite album now? First album I ever bought? Good question. It was probably like... Uh, Linkin Park, Hybrid Theory. Nice. Um, the one that I listen to most now. Um, I don't know, I haven't really listened to a lot of albums recently. <laughs> I just listen to a whole bunch of random stuff. <laughs> so, what's an album anymore? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Alright, so Roscoe, same question for you. Our first album was Silverchair Frogstomp. Nice, yeah, nice. And what I listen to now is the same thing I've been listening to for the last 10 years, and that's Carnival Asymmetry. Very nice. Is it? Is it Asymmetry? Yeah, it's yeah. Asymmetry. Good answer. Uh, Slake, you haven't had these questions, so I'll throw it over to you if you like, mate. Oh, I don't know if you want to know my first Oh, album. you know we do. Are we talking like CDs? Yeah, oh cassettes? yeah, we're talking... Oh, you can go cassettes if you like. I don't mind doing cassette work. Did you buy a cassette? Oh, yeah. Oh, like okay. a long time ago. Yeah. You're younger than me. I think but, I like, cassettes. Okay, so the, fir- the earliest one from memory, and honestly don't remember the name of the album, but it was NSYNC. Yes. Yeah, boy. Like, um... <laughs> I'm, I'm not ashamed to admit it the 90s were a great time um, probably not such a great time for me but just in general that bring it all back to you <laughs> that's that S Club said. yeah that's, oh, that's, that's different bad. and I'm ashamed Same that thing. I know that I knew that too <laughs> you just corrected me on that so I don't know who's losing here <laughs> yeah I'll cop that yeah. alright uh, 
And currently, look, I, I couldn't tell you what albums, um, artists I'm listening to most, probably Logic. Yeah, nice. Uh, we've started off with a pretty slow, fast vibe so far, so uh, I might... Uh, no, that's okay. I, I think I'll, I'll stretch it out a bit. It's tough with a two-part question. Yeah, it is. But I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna chuck my two cents in as well. My first album that I ever bought was the uh, the Good Charlotte's The Young and the Hopeless. <laughs> and uh, how old are you? Oh, I'm the same age as you, I think. So, Young and the Hopeless, that would have come out... Like in the early mid two thousands. Early two thousands, I think. Yeah. How poor did you grow? <laughs> <laughs> like this is be- this is before Spotify. This, this is before Spotify. Yeah, yeah. So, and like before LimeWire. Yep. Yeah, so, so basically, what uh, did you just listen to the radio? I would listen to the CDs Mum and Dad had in the car. Um, and I was the first album I ever got. I didn't buy. But the first album I ever got given was uh, Taxi Ride Garage Mahal. Oof, yeah, yeah. So that was I thought maybe you were just like sitting on the two way having conversations with strangers. Oh, I didn't mind a bit of that, but um, especially with this setup you've got here, <laughs> it seems like the kind of thing you'd be into. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty fair. Uh, just answering your how poor was I question. Um, <laughs> just reminding you that I am one of eight children, all to the same biological mother and father. Well, that answers the question. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Settling, born and raised. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll see if we can pick up the pace now. So we'll uh, throw it back over to uh, Wacker. My question for you is, who at the Sharks has the worst car? The worst car? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know know where this is going, but yeah. I've got no idea. I can't say I really take any notice. All right, fair enough. Going. I'm not going to say Great Wall if that's what you're, you're chasing for. But, I wasn't. Um, <laughs> oh, I can't even think about it. Um, the worst one I can actually remember, but he's not at the club anymore, was um, Carcass. Oh, yeah. His four beers that he's, well, or his chunkers, that's what I do remember. But apart from that, like, <laughs> chunkers is yeah. an appropriate terminology. Yeah, yeah. they were full chunkers, but uh, this year I can't even think about it actually. Yeah. Fair enough. Alright. Same question, mate, just for a bit of fun. Yeah, honestly, I, I don't really take a lot of notice of what's in the car park. Um, I'm going to have to cop out and go Ricky Emmons, Great Wall. Yeah, it's pretty it's, it's pretty average. Actually, now <laughs> just, that I've just about number, it. Despite the number plates. Yeah. yeah. Riley Vulich's Little Cult. Oh, yes! Oh, okay, yeah, that's, yes. that's stepping it up. The yeah. handbag was, that definitely gets an honourable mention. Um, <laughs> I also don't mind, uh, as far as worst cars are concerned, Jill's car. I, I saw him at the service station the other day and he rocked up with a silver Suzuki Swift. Is he in a Swift these yeah, days? he's in a Swift nowadays. That was, a, that was an interesting one. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, all right. I, I, was, I was hoping, I was wondering when, how long it was going to take for Riley's car to come out. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I like the Great Wall as well. Okay, uh, Wacker, over to you, mate. What is the go-to movie for you? Coach Carter. Oh, good answer. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Oh boy! Yeah, yeah. Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. I think we've had this question before. I feel like I know that. I don't think I've answered it. Okay, I have to go back through the archives. I'm sure. I'm sure I know that from you, but that's okay. Uh, now I'm going to throw over to my current favourite question, probably Jake's least favourite question. 
Who is your celebrity doppelganger? Mine? Yes. I've been told Jake Gyllenhaal. I actually thought that myself today. Uh, Ross, over uh, here. Majority of the time growing up through my childhood was Prince Harry. Okay, that's, yeah. that's a bit of a... Minus the rang of hair, obviously. But. That's a bit of a curveball, but that's that's an interesting one. I actually had one uh, baked up for you personally. I oh, actually really? think you've got a bit of a... Uh, any, any wrestling fans here by any chance? Uh, got a right. bit of a Brock Lesnar vibe. I'll take Brock. I don't know. I just... <laughs> I, can see that. I can see that. I don't know. Something about the eyes. Yeah, something about the facial structure. Yeah. yeah He's I... got the jaw for it. Just, just give him some neck muscles. And yeah, that's it. Well, just there. get me a little angry. Yeah. <laughs> get the neck tense going. That's it. All right. Uh, and my final question for today, which I have just forgotten. It's eluding me, and I've just remembered. Uh, hopefully, I get better answers than last time, because the last time I asked this, it was a bit sad. But the question is, what would be your last meal on death row? Hoping for anything except spaghetti bolognese. <laughs> chicken parmi. Chicken parmi, good answer. Uh, funny you say that. Chicken parmi, but super garlic prawn. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very nice. Yes. Very nice. Snake, what do you reckon? Don't say spag bog again. Pick something Well, else. the last time this question was asked with an episode with me and you weren't on there, my answer was spaghetti bolognese as well. Yeah. It's hard to pass um, up. Surely you could do better than that. Look, I'm just going to have to go with my favourite food and it wouldn't necessarily be a meal because I'm more of a snack plate kind of guy, but I love a chicken liver parfait. Wow. Wow. I am a big awful fan. Pretty intense, man. Did not see that coming from a mile away. I, I love awful. You know, I, I don't think I could be in the I don't think I could be in the same room as you anymore. That was just a. Is this why the boys said that when you held one of these at your house, the pizzas were totally different to normal pizzas? Uh, it was just JoJo's, not Domino's. Oh, uh, I see. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. There you go. I tried to step it up and fail. <laughs> <laughs> I just went with what I like. <laughs> selfish yeah it's like fuck everyone else yeah I reckon it's my ass muscles all we, all we get here is meat cheese and sauce well, Australia what else do you need Australia I need sustenance you can't spell sustenance <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna leave it at that <laughs> play the track <laughs> fair enough <laughs> uh, you know what I, I think I've had it with your your attitude on this podcast today Snake what do you how do you feel about it? What do you, what do you, what do you reckon? I, I think I've had it up to here with you. Look, honestly, I'm getting a bit toey with you, mate. And, um, <laughs> you know, you, you, you build me up and, and you bring me down again. And look, I'm about ready to break up the band, honestly. You want to break up the band? Yeah, I think we should break up the band. All right. Well, then there's only one way to settle this. Lip sync battle? Lip sync battle. I'll see you there, August 13th. I'll be there with bells on. All right. With a new band in tow. Pick a team. Right now? Not right now. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm still waiting on confirmation from a few blokes. I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. All right. So best way to announce that it's happening it is there's going to be no title defense from the winning team. It's going to be Snake versus Force this year, uh, as well as the ladies are putting in a pretty strong side from what I've heard, and I think there's going to be showing from the juniors as well, so it's going to be pretty packed. So uh, you're not only going to beat me, Snake, but you're going to beat through 
everybody I put in front of you as well. Gotta beat you. Pretty sure I was the star of the show last year. I think you gotta beat me, son. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we'll leave it at that. Uh, fellas, thanks again for coming on. Snake, thanks for all your work and uh, well done on your two new segments in two episodes. So you're doing pretty well. Taking over. That's episode it. Episode by episode. <laughs> peace by peace. Fellas, there's only one way to finish it. How do we do it? Up, Up the, the Sharks! sharks. <laughs> yeah.